everyone, welcome to Class 1A. Class 1A is the My Hero Academia podcast that is presented to you by Popped Off. I am one of your homeroom teachers, Andrew Nimsgern, and alongside me are the other two teachers, James Graham and Dylan Beal. Hey everyone, I'm Dylan Beal. I'm super hyped for this. I'm ready to talk about My Hero. Yeah, no, and I'm James Graham. I'm also super hyped. The show's been near and dear to me for a long time, so I'm excited to get started. And since this is our first session of the class, we want to take just a couple minutes to kind of walk through everything, how it's going to be structured, what to expect, how often it's going to come out, all that kind of stuff, so you have it all here super easy to understand. Yeah, so in these first couple episodes, we're going to be recapping the old seasons of My Hero, and it's going to be in a little bit of a longer format than what we usually do, uh, just to catch the whole class up uh, in time for season four of the anime. So once we're all caught up, we're going to be following a similar episode structure on a weekly basis, but we're going to be doing it one episode at a time. Yeah, and uh, each actual episode will be broken up into a couple major segments. First off, we'll have the class announcements, which will just be any big announcements or things that we feel the whole class needs to hear uh, before we jump into the actual lesson. And then after that, I will be leading us in each week's lecture. Each lecture will be covering that season or episode's major plot points. While we're keeping the whole season, we will be doing a little bit more broad on each episode rather than going super in-depth, so you guys aren't here for five or six hours listening to us talk about it all at once. But once we do get around to the actual episodes in season four, we'll be doing deep diving into really every scene of each episode. Yeah, and lastly, we're going to have additional notes and the plus ultra award. So additional notes section, it's just going to be where we have like a general discussion about the plot, uh, characters and other details from that week's lecture. And the plus ultra award section is going to be where we award a specific character the title of plus ultra that week for going beyond. Um, and we're going to have a little bit of the change to the Plus Ultra Award for the first couple episodes because we're going to be covering about 12 to 13 episodes per class versus the one, so it makes it a little different. So each one of us will be awarding three characters in each of these episodes, each of these seasons with the Plus Ultra Award to make up for that instead of going through each individual episode and awarding it now. We're just going to do three. Each one of us is going to have our own three, and we'll do it that way instead. Yeah, and these aren't the only sections that will be included in the class. Uh, we'll be rotating other segments and, uh, you know, some other fun shenanigans into the show uh, as we feel they're needed or we think they'll just be like enjoyable and you know fun to listen to also since we are a brand new show we could really use your support right away if you go and leave a five-star review on whatever podcasting platform you found us on or listen to on it would be a huge help for us to make others find us as well and if you want to keep up to date with all our episodes and social media you can follow us on twitter at twitter.com slash popped underscore off otherwise check out poppedoff.com for episode recaps and other hype content and with, uh, with this week, we'll just uh, skip to the uh, the class announcements because of the longer introduction in the episode and jump right into this week's lecture with Andrew. Yeah, so how it's going to work is, like I said, usually in each episode, we're just going to be going deep diving into that episode when season four comes around. But we're going to be taking a step back and catching guys all up to speed on the first three seasons. Season one was 13 episodes, the shortest of all the seasons. All the other ones so far have been 25 episodes. And it was originally released on April 3rd of 2016, which feels really long ago now. I mean, it yeah. does not feel like this has been part of my life for that long. Um, But... So how we're going to kind of do it for these first couple of longer seasons, we're going to break it up into a couple of different episodes. I'm going to recap those episodes in a couple of sentences, and then we will go back and talk about them, our thoughts, what happened, all that kind of stuff. So episode one was Azuka Midoriya origin. Um, pretty much it was just the introduction episode. We were introduced, introduced to Izuku, a young boy and their main character who has always dreamed of becoming a hero, but is in the 20% of people who are quirkless. 
Um, he's always wanted to be a hero. He has tons of notebooks, always analyzing all that. And we see pretty early on, one of the saddest scenes I think in any anime I've ever watched is him sitting in front of the computer, just crying, watching the All Might scene over and over again, which I, I don't know if I can ever watch this without that getting incredibly sad. Um, but ultimately, um, Story kind of goes on, and one day he's attacked by a slime villain, and on his way home, he's rescued none other by his favorite hero and idol, All Might. I'm moving on to episode two, What It Takes to Be a Hero. Um, Izuku discovers All Might's true form, which is a very weak form because of a fight he had five years ago, and he can only hold his power form for a couple of hours, and that kind of just deteriorates as the show goes on. But um, All Might does tell Izuku to give up on being a hero and to pick something more realistic since he has no quirk. Um, they do this, um, All Might does discover that the slime hero that and the slime villain that he did fight earlier fell out of his pocket and is now loose again and actually attacks Izuku's um, classmate slash pretty much lifelong bully and kind of um, tries to take over his body. Um, there were a bunch of heroes there, but none of them felt like they could do anything. So they all just kind of sat back and watched this young boy being drowned to death by a giant slime creature um, until eventually uh, Zuku kind of comes upon this and just runs straight into it um, just because his feet just kind of took control of him. He didn't know what he was doing, went in there to try and save Bakugo. Um, seeing that, All Might comes in and saves both of the boys and Izuku is kind of yelled at for that. Bakugo, Bakugo is um, rewarded for surviving so long. And then at the end of that episode, All Might does come up to Izuku and kind of tells him that you are worthy, you are worthy of my quirk, and you can be the next me. I'm um, moving into episode three, Roaring Muscles, is kind of the trading montage of every anime that has any kind of superhero in it. Um, it is pretty much that Izuku's body right now is way too weak for him to... Um, possess all for one all might special quirk and he pretty much has to train and clean off a beach of a bunch of trash for i don't remember what it was like 10 months is that how long it was guys yeah it was 10 yeah. months yep for 10 months to be able to ensure that he can use it just in time for classes at ua to begin ua high school is pretty much the prestigious um hero high school in all of japan and it's where all might went to school and the last episode before we go into kind of our discussion is going to be Starkline, which is where um, Izuku actually has his quirk now and he goes into the practical exam at UA High School. Um, during the practical exam, you had to score points to see if you're going to get into the things. There were robots worth one, two and three points and then a giant one worth zero. Azuku still not sure how to use his power. Um, actually gets no points. Um, and in the last minute, he has to try to get points as quick as possible. But instead, he goes to save a girl that he interacted with at the beginning of the episode, who ends up being his classmate in the future, um, is trapped under some boulders from the giant monster that is worth zero points. So he goes up and uses his newly found power from All Might and absolutely destroys this 100-story robot that they just kind of have chilling around in the practical area um and even though it was worth zero points and his arm was ultimately destroyed he ended up getting into ua based off of a surprise factor that was not given to us called hero points or rescue points i apologize rescue points that since he went out of his way to save her instead of going after more points he did get into school based off those rescue points but getting no actual points from the actual competition but is now an official ua student 
So that was kind of a very rushed recap of the first couple episodes. I missed a lot. If there's anything you guys want to kind of go back on, touch on specifically. Otherwise, first four episodes of one of my favorite animes of all time. What do we got to say? Yeah, so the first thing I want to bring up that I really, really like about these episodes, because the whole show is based on like quarks, right? And these super kids and these superheroes, and they have all amazing powers. Um, but this is some of the only time we actually get to see normal people and their quarks. And I absolutely love it. I love the scene of where they're like sitting in the junior high and there's like these kids with just like really dumb quirks that like aren't even doing anything like some dude just has like really long arms and they're flailing around <laughs> um i absolutely love seeing those kinds of things yeah it really uh really like, kind of paints a picture for the universe and kind of gets it like you know why it's so like you know this concept is kind of like weird to us that like you know it's like you know quirks are so like you know universal and normalized and stuff like that even though some are very minor and some are like super powerful um they really try and like make you feel that it's super normal for the rest of the universe with like scenes like that and you know even the explanation in some of the early episodes with basically uh like his mother just you know casually just like pulling things around and stuff like that in, in through the air yeah so it's not it's yeah it's, it's they do a really good job of uh, of world building not only with how the universe is structured but also with all might and like his his like focal point in the show like like in, in, in that universe as well yeah, and I think they do a couple things to actually build the world really early on that I like. Um, so right in the beginning, one of the first scenes that we actually see is one of the professional heroes stopping um, a villain um, who just like stole like I guess some lady's bag, and he was just like running away, yeah. kind of scared. And the hero stops him, and the, the quote from it is, "Robbery and the use of power during daylight hours. You are the embodiment of evil." And it's like, well, okay, you like he took a bag. Like maybe he's not the embodiment of evil, um, but I think it paints a really good uh, picture of the world because it's like incredibly dramatic and over the top, um, even over something really small like that. And so I, I like that little thing. So uh, to me, that like I, I think that plays more to the character of like Kami Woods because if you notice the other couple of them that are there, like Death Arms and Backdraft, like they're pretty, they're dramatic, but they're not like that dramatic. You know what I mean? So and like and even like even like in his like quirk explore, like his like move explanation it's like this super long thing that i can't even remember like the full name of when he's about to like check out his branches um and then you know mount lady just shows up and like just boom boots him. Hell yeah, yeah. Mount lady. Two- <laughs> god of course that's gonna be one of your favorite um but there's two things i want to kind of talk about from there from one when that villain did happen the train was down some guy just calling into work like yep i'm gonna be late again today um <laughs> don't know what, the, don't know what the, I'm the trains there. are shut down yeah like just it's a very common day thing and that's another thing i love about the world building they do do a really good job of doing that so quickly before you're kind of introduced to actual characters and kind of the actual storyline in these first couple of episodes and the second one is going to be is that they it's not as apparent in these first couple episodes but pretty much being a superhero is a big popularity competition which i also love that kind of aspect of it and that comes a lot more into the story later on but just early on just understanding that it's pretty much like being an influencer on Instagram right now, what being a superhero is, except you are keeping people safe. But if you're not popular and if you're not flashy and doing all these cool special moves and all that kind of stuff, you just kind of get forgot about because after Mount Sadie, uh, Mount Lady saves the day, everyone just kind of forgets about Konami Woods in the background because he didn't actually do anything and he didn't get any publicity from that. Nice, nice little thing I want to add to is like, 
and it comes up later in the show, so it's kind of, it's kind of hard to like just isolate it here. But like, Death Harms has one of the scariest names, but the dude is pretty chill. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even like, I mean, he's like scolding Zuku after the fight with like the slime monster, but the guy's name is freaking Death Arms, right? And he's usually just like punching stuff. <laughs> yeah, I really like the characters just overall in like all the episodes and stuff like that. Um, just because it feels like every character is super unique and super cool. And even if they're on the screen for like half a second, you're like, oh, like that, that it feels like a fully formed character, like a fully formed uh, concept of a character. And it's really cool. Um, and in talking about it, some of the early characters, my favorite name is probably Backdraft. Like that's such a sick name. Yeah, I love but, it. And it's weird too because Backdraft is like like they do like and I think the, the reason why you get such a good idea of the character so quickly is because of how aesthetically they look, right? Like like Backdraft, he's he's like literally in a firefighter's outfit. He's got a hose on him and stuff like that. And like they say, he's like you know the rescue hero. Well, they no. Duh, like, look at them, right? So, <laughs> so, but, like, yeah, they really do good, paint a really good picture really quick of, like, a character, and you really understand what they're all about in a very, very short period of time, which I think, on, like, a designing end, is, like, it, like that's kind of difficult to do sometimes, right? And they execute it, like, over and over and over again, right? Yeah. And um, I kind of want to talk a little bit more, kind of more about the All Might Azuku relationship kind of early on is like you're introduced to all my right away as him being Izuku's role model and all that kind of stuff and being this unkillable unbeatable god and do you remember the first time when you were watching this and you saw him go into that smaller form what your reaction was yeah i was like super perplexed like 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 as a first time watcher it just it seriously catches you off guard and you're like wait like what what's the deal here you know what i mean and i mean i even remember watching it the first time through it's like there's a subtle scene where it shows all my in like little form walking out of the store before and like i mean and like i i remember not even registering it and then it just shows him like puff up and then he like takes off right but like i remember not not even catching it so when it actually happened on the rooftop i'm like oh my god like what's what's the deal with this dude and i'm like i'm glad they don't like they don't have this weird like segue where like you don't find out about it super quick you find out about it immediately but like for like i think it was at the end of season or episode two um like you were like super confused and you're like oh my god what what's the deal here yeah, I think yeah. that that trend happens a lot too um, throughout the entire show, and I, that's what I really like about it is they always keep you wondering and wanting more. Like you want more info. They always have this like thing that they're always teasing in the background that you're like, oh, I gotta know more about that. Like I want to know more about that. So at first, it's all might in his like his quirk and like what's going on with him, how he's like really small and he's getting big. They kind of dangle it, and then as soon as you get it, you're like, cool, I have that info. All right, well here's some more. We're here's something keep else in the background. Yeah, yeah, it's it's always something. So that that's just I think a trend that we're gonna see in the the show quite a bit. And I and uh, and I do love that it's pretty much the show's. I, I it's not a MacGuffin, but it's like the show's. Like it's how they make him not overpowered in the show because if he could keep that form at all times and all that kind of stuff. Well, the solution always going to be like, oh, well, why doesn't Isle Might just kind of come and save the day? But it just adds so much more depth to everything, like you are saying, because you never know what's going to happen because you know at any moment he can lose that form and things can go really bad. And we'll talk about that more later in this season, but they do such a good job of that in this season compared to any other season. And I love that part about it because even though everyone else still has that persona of like, this is the symbol of peace. You, you know, along with deck, you know, that know that 
it's not that way and it adds so much more stress and you want to yell at everyone else that's just thinking it's no big deal in all of these fights so i i really do love that whole kind of mechanic of the show because i think it adds more depth to all might versus just this stereotypical pretty much superman rip off <laughs> one one little nice little touch that uh, that happens after after he saves Izuku is that like Izuku like wakes up freaks out because he realizes it's all might and then he looks for somebody to give him to sign and he's like already signed his notebook and I'm like that's that's yeah. a, like it shows how experienced of a hero all might is he's just like going through the motions at this point you know what I mean so I don't know that was a nice little like a nice little touch that I, I, I found found hilarious and then another thing that I really like and I think it also pushes everyone to kind of get more on board with the kind of the teamwork aspect and like the whole class 1a and all that kind of stuff is going to be that we saw a situation where there are four or five heroes professional heroes at a scene with the villain and none of them could do anything yeah and i think showing go oh, on. No, no, i was just gonna say and like they, they i think they did a good job emphasizing that is that each one of them really couldn't contribute to what the issue was, right? Like, it almost yeah. like there isn't, like, a one-size-fixes-all besides All Might, and that's kind of why All Might's so powerful, because he can really interact with any any issue, any scene, and so that, that's what makes his his power, like, the power scale for him so infinite, right? Yeah. Where, you know, uh, the other heroes who are there, who are, like, Kami Woods, it was fire, that screwed him. Mount Lady couldn't walk in there. Uh, you know, uh, Death Arms couldn't get his hands on the guy, and Backdraft was literally just, like, too occupied with fire. You know what I mean? So they really, they really did a good job of addressing that nobody's a one size fits all besides All Might, right? Yeah, and I guess I mean, is there anything within the training montage you really want to talk about? I mean, otherwise, I want to move a little bit towards the UA thing. But what do you got, John? Yeah. So the one thing I was a little confused on is like right at the end, right? Like right when he finishes cleaning up the beach, like All Might comes over and he's like, "Whoa! Like you cleaned this all up." But, like, wasn't he with them, like, every day? Like, watch it. Like, he should be like, oh, yeah, like, he should be done in, like, five days or so. I think I think it was supposed to, like, signify, like, he, the training kind of, like, kind of got, like, exponentially a little quicker for Deku's to the point where he was, like, he was ahead of schedule, you know what I mean? Because, like, when he showed up, he was like, wait a second, there's, like, there's more cleaned up than there should be, you know what I mean? Like, But but still, I mean, it was the difference between one section and the whole beach. I mean, that, that's a pretty extreme difference that I never thought about but i actually do love that point that like yeah he said i want you to clean up this section of the beach but then it shows the entire beach i mean that's a little different than like it being a little bit more successful i mean he was there trading with what we saw almost every day yeah well that was kind of the setup right then another, another little thing too only time we ever see all might in a coat like i mean like i think i think in this this particular area is like the only time you see him actually in like like a full trench coat, which was like kind of weird. I don't I don't know if he was trying to hide like his form or whatever, but no, it's just representing fall because that's when school starts. Oh, I guess so. Yeah, it's cold. Good point. But, yeah, oh my, yeah. Like but they, they I, really I also find it amazing. It. Yeah, I also find it amazing how all of his clothes grow and shrink with the side. I mean, except for his base clothes, but that coat grew with him. But when he goes back small, his clothes doesn't go back small. We, him, we don't him. see him in a small coat. We don't see like he does. He doesn't shrink down. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, he's he shows up in a small one. Well, no, no, no. I think so. So if you look at all of his clothes, like obviously to emphasize how small he is, they're always really baggy. And I, I think that's that's why, like, they're obviously okay. really baggy because he always grows with them. And I think the coat like coats, like especially like a trench coat does have a little leniency because you could like tie it really tight as leniency to, to grow and shrink. Well, not really shrink, but still fit. Still fit. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, I just thought that was curious because I thought that was the one point where we saw the clothes actually grow with him, but maybe not. We do need to kind of talk about episode four, though, because episode four was was pretty ridiculous because I think uh, episode four might be the only one I kind of have issues with, but like it was happily, happily, like kind of like irritated. You know what I mean? Because I was like, yep. OK, Azuka just took out a giant ass robot for no reason. You know, like like, I mean, for no reason, points wise, you know what I mean? Like it wouldn't it wasn't going to amount to anything on the on the like the points and as he understood but in the yeah. background they had this little factor that they're like okay well if you are actually a hero you know that kind of that factors in and we'll grade you on that but you don't know that as a viewer and i don't know i think it would have been better if you had known about the rescue points going in and still seen azuku struggling the entire time and being like okay well the only way he's going to get through is rescuing somebody how does he do it but that, that takes away from his character. Like, the big point of that was to show his character that I guess he cares so, yeah. more about being a hero and protecting people than points. Because we saw in that scene, Ida, one of his soon-to-be classmates, left them behind. And yeah, good point. Yeah, 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 Deku, not knowing how to control his power, knew he had to go in there and risk his life. And he would have died if... or um. Oraka wouldn't have been there to save him. Like he was willing to sacrifice everything to save her because he thought she was in real danger. That shows his character, and that really introduces that. Like he's not just all talk. He's done all the study, and we saw him running the slime. But like this is how he's going to be, and it's going to get him into good and bad situations. Because by being that hero, he got himself into a bad situation, and that sets up kind of a character flaw, but also a character strength super early on. And then of course you knew something had to happen because. The show's not going to end four episodes in. <laughs> yeah, but. and I think that's kind of my beef with it because it's only like to me, it, like, like, and I mean that's a really good explanation and like a really good counterpoint. But to me, the initial feeling was like plot armor. Like it was just like, okay, this is the thing that bails Izuku out. And I, to me, it kind of always had me wondering, like, as I watch the show continue, like, going on, like, okay, what's the other hidden factor that's going to kind of save Izuku's ass? You know what I mean? And for me, this was kind of the beginning of that. Um, I do agree that it really does speak to his character of just being like a, like an actual hero and you know like not really not even thinking watching everybody else bail out all that stuff but I think it it just kind of left a, like almost a bad taste in my mouth at, like by the end of it I was so happy with it because it was like I mean the animation for that entire scene was in, insanely well done too this was the first time we really saw like Izuku do anything as far as like you know using his quirk and stuff right so and you get really and the f- go ahead sorry oh, it's gone no no you're good I was going to say, yeah, and it's the first time we see the major drawback yeah, absolutely. is that whenever he uses his quirk right now, is his body is devastated. Like, his entire right arm was devastated and by using legs. this and both one his legs. And both his legs were jumping off, too. So seeing that another big problem with his quirk and, again, trying to make him not overpowered right away, because obviously if he's almighty level one, I mean, that kind of <laughs> throws it. So, again, gives you that character development, but also kind of shows you where he's at with his power that he just gained, which I think is really cool. Mm. Do we want to move on to the next four episodes now? No, I got I no? got two things to bring up real quick. So, one, okay, cool. um, uh, in this show, one thing they do, I think it might be a localization issue, um, but they don't always figure out a way to localize it really well um so i guess this is my first little uh a little fact those little 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 facts i got for you they don't explain what deku means they don't they don't do you know what it means because i'm going to tell you what it means so i thought it meant like dick no they, no they it, do it later means, they do later but they don't initially I, do they explain it later fully? they do they, they do they oh. explain yeah, yeah yeah it's like in the later episodes where it's actually bakugo who goes 
Or uh, no, Bakugo calls him that, and then Araka asks him why he keeps calling him that, and then he shows like he actually shows the, like the characters and why they can like how they no, can kind of no, rearrange. No, no, not not that. So yeah, you can you can you can you can pronounce his like the last character of his name Deku, but like Deku is just like a puppet. It's like a wooden puppet. Oh. Yeah, so it's a wooden puppet, puppet, and like I guess in Japanese it could also mean useless. So like you know, like just like a like a limp puppet could be useless. Okay. And okay, I thought yeah. that was really cool because if you think about a puppet, like especially like a wooden plain puppet, um, it's blank. It's like there's nothing special going on with it, which it's that, corkless. That is, that's Midoriya. Yeah, it's corkless. And so I think it works out really well. So like the best like other like I guess English translation is just like calling someone like a blockhead, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's what it means. Now you know. That's the only thing. Yeah, no, two the other, yeah. other thing is that these first four episodes introduced um, both of Midoriya's love interests. Uh, I think really well. Um, so obviously Uraraka, whenever she's coming in, she's like coming in, helps him out, super nice and sweet to him, and then he rescues her. Of course. Who's the other um, love interest? Bakugo, obviously. <laughs> obviously, he's the other love interest. Is that is are you shipping that? Is that is that? Are we yes. starting that right now? That's it. That's that's my two right there. You'll see it. There's ooh, they got some tension. They got tension throughout the entire show. Well, let's see if you can continue showing that as we do move into the next couple of episodes, which is kind of a mini arc of getting into UA and kind of going through their first training exercise. So in episode five, it is called What I Can Do For Now. It is Azuku's first day at um, UA. He sees all his other teammates, we, all his other classmates. We see Bakugo. We see Ida from that. We see multiple other characters from the entry exam in their class now. We're not really introduced to them yet. We're starting to be introduced to some of what their uh, quirks can do. But um, to kind of test and see where they're at, which is one of their quirks, they do a kind of like a training exercise, yeah. a quirk competition. Quirk apprehension test. Kirk quirk apprehension test on the first day kind of a physical test to see how they do basic things using their quirks um is allowed and uh zaiwa their azawa their homeroom teacher said that whoever takes last place is going to be expelled on the spot and sent home to never come back so as you kind of know from watching episode four if deco uses his power in any way his body is destroyed and that's kind of a problem. So he has to go through all these exercises until he gets to the very last one. He's been doing all right. It doesn't really show for a lot of these, but everyone always has one exercise where they can use their quirk really well. He doesn't until they get to the last one, which is a baseball throw. So it's a big power of, is he going to destroy his arm and be useless for the rest of the events? Or is he going to um, just do fine here and fail and get expelled so eventually he ends up throwing the baseball and he finds a way to do it so that only his finger gets broke because he powers all of his finger through there and ties with Bakugo who um, did extremely well on it as well goes to the other no he didn't tie he got point one more point one more thank you very much um and then it goes on to finish the kind of the test and they go through all the results and he somehow takes last couple things I want to talk about this later on when we kind of get to the digital notes here, but I have a problem with him taking last, but ultimately he's not expelled because this is a TV show about Deku, so he's not going to be expelled in season, in episode five. Well, it was just, it was, um, it was, as Aizawa says in the show, it's just him being a dick. Like, that was like, the, that was like the big thing. 
Well, that's another thing. I don't really think that was the case, but let's get finish the recap before we keep jumping in a lot of this. Um, episode six is going to be Rage, You Damn Nerd. Um, so it is mock battles. It's 2v2 mock battles where it's two heroes versus two villains, and you have to go and either tie up both the other villains using a special tape or touch the bomb to win it as the heroes or defend it for a certain amount of time as villains. It is going to be Uraraka and Deku versus Ida and um, Bakugo, pretty much the four characters we've had the most interaction with so far and right off the bat Bakugo comes in and tries to pretty much put Deku into a coma I'm not going to say kill because it is very clear throughout the episode All Might even touches on it he is not trying to kill Deku but hurt him so much that he's pretty much going to be on the edge of death I mean I don't think that's that much better but it goes through that and they kind of go on fighting it's a two-part episode here so I want to kind of bring in episode seven right away um, what it's called, Deku versus Kachan. Um, the 2v2 continues to fight. Um, Oraka goes up to try and fight Ida to touch it. She can't get past Ida because Ida has super speed pretty much as his quirk. And Bakugo versus Deku keeps fighting. Ultimately, he gets down. There's less than the middle left, and Bakugo and Deku are fighting. They see no other option except Deku finally has to use the quirk because he's been trying so hard this entire time not to do it in fear of hurting Bakugo, and that's been pissing Bakugo off because he feels like Deku's been hiding this quirk all his life. So they finally go to punch each other with both the quirks full power, but instead of punching Bakugo, he goes up and turns into an uppercut and blasts the multiple floors above him, causing all kinds of debris, which allows um, Uraraka to use her quirk, which is zero gravity, to get past Ida and win the event, which causes Deku to be incredibly hurt. Both of his arms pretty much worthless, one from Bakugo blasting it, one from him using his own quirk, but they ultimately ended up winning. Going into episode eight is when we finally get a chance to introduce to the rest of the class. Um, we see several other of the class um, 1A heroes go against each other, showing off some of their quirks, which are incredibly powerful that we can talk about coming up here. Um, but then it gets to the end of the episode. Everyone's super proud of Deku for doing so well. Um, and they introduce all of themselves finally after like three days of classes. No big deal. You're just now meeting all your classmates. But um, the episodes end with Deku running up to Bakugo and kind of apologizing and telling him what's going on, that this is a quirk I've recently discovered. I'm recently acquired from someone. You can't ask who. I can't tell you more about it. But I haven't been hiding from it. But I am going to beat you. I am going to be better than you. So that's, again, another very quick recap of these four combat-heavy kind of episodes. But I'm curious to see, what do you guys think now that we're getting into quirks, meeting some of the other characters, and getting into Class 1A, which is what the podcast is named after? Yeah, so um, I actually have, like, a, a topic to bring up for this that we can kind of talk through because uh, these four episodes were a perfect encapsulation of the beginning of uh, Midoriya versus Bakugo and, like, their relationship together and their... Uh, rivalry and their friendship together and how you know just they interact in general and I think this is a really good start for that so obviously it starts off with we get a little bit of a recap of the scores everyone got and obviously um, Deku gets zero for combat and 60 for rescue and Bakugo is the literal opposite except he gets like 70 uh, combat and zero rescue so right off the bat we just see like here's where they two stand and they're obviously polar opposites and then it jumps right into them fighting um and so actually i want to keep score on whenever they're going head to head uh so the first one i have is when they're doing the uh like the small exercises and they throw the ball and so like we were talking about before uh bakugo gets 705.2 
meters, um, and Midoriya gets 705.3. And so obviously he gets that, but I think it's really important because that's the first time he really shows him up. And I think after this point, Bakugo is just, he's just pissed. He's just absolutely infuriated because like he gets because Deku gets on his nerves in general. But I think this <laughs> definitely steps it up. Just, yeah, yeah, it definitely steps it up. Um, and then they, they fight again, obviously, whenever they do the heroes versus villains and Deku comes out on top. So in the capsulation, these two episodes are going up against each other when they never have before. And he's already up 2-0, which is like which is crazy because for i don't know like what like 14 years before this bakugo was just like number one top kid on the block and he was just like you know this little dumb kid without a quirk i i think this really starts setting up for that just like intense like uh privately against each other yeah it makes me really happy because like it speaks to it speaks to baku's like competitive nature too because like he feels so offended and so like and he's like why like and like it, it like it speaks to like how much how much he values like power and stuff like that too being like you hid this from me your entire life you know and for some reason you deem me not worthy of like trying to like use this power or this quirk on me um you really think that less of me? Well, I'm going to absolutely. Di- I'm going to beat you with it within an inch of your life, which he pretty much says, right? Like, which is uh, which is um, a nice little segue. Um, also, another thing, thing I like to talk about too is in uh, what I can do for now, episode five. You do get that first initial introduction of some of the other heroes and the other the, the classmates, which is kind of nice. You get to kind of get to see it. Um, I know we have an additional notes thing about that because there's some ridiculousness. Um, but it's like, again, it was really nice to see. I mean, we're five episodes in. You you kind of get a whole scope of the class kind of thing and like and they they do a good job of like kind of amongst you know Deku kind of struggling you kind of get to see everybody else's stuff yeah and then I I just I really enjoyed these four episodes um part it's probably my favorite four of the episode um so even though it gets really good at the end but i love being introduced because again they do such a good job of introducing you to everyone and kind of the world around you and how serious ua is but also that these are also just a bunch of new high schoolers now kind of coming in and um I, i think the training exercise was probably one of the best ways you really could have kind of ease them into introducing some quirks and seeing that really how far behind he is with his new power because so many other people are already finding creative ways to use their powers in these competitions um even people that seem to have really not that great quirks were able to find ways to do it in this competition to exceed in certain um certain challenges so i love seeing that it really shows that in every single sense of the world, except for being like that hero mentality, Deku is behind everyone. He's in last place in his class. He doesn't know how to use his power. He can't control it. And clearly all these other people haven't mastered it, but they have learned how to use their quirks in everyday scenarios that is going to make him have to work even harder to be the world's best hero, which is what he's setting out for and what All Might kind of expects when he gave the power, considering you will be the next symbol of peace, like you will be the next greatest hero. So it's just showing even more that showing off the quirks of the other students, but showing just how far Deku is and really how kind of worthless he is right now with his quirk. Yeah, a nice little thing too, um, and I think this is going to be kind of like as I'm kind of like we're going through episodes. I think this is going to be my angle for a lot of this is 
not so much Deku, but everybody else. Because you get to see, like, it introduces us to Azawa, who's like, who you do get information on from Deku, because of course he studied him and stuff like that. And how he's this kind of like moody, like, you know, works in the shadows, but he's still a hero. And, you know, he's got this, this crazy quirk, which you see immediately because he knows Deku's going to try and blow off his own arm to basically win this competition. And he tells him, he's like, you're not going to do it. I'm not going to let you. You're useless if you, if you have to rely on that find another way. You also get to see Azawa and All Might all interact, and you get to see that interaction, and what Azawa kind of thinks of All Might, and vice versa, right? So... But I feel I feel like that's, this is the only point where it's really like that, because they seem to become very, like, close friends, or, like, very admirable very, very quick. Well, I, because, like, that relationship by season two is totally different. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but, like, this is the one time where he's like, we're going to have a problem. They never really have a problem. Well, they, don't, they, don't, they don't have a problem because Deku kind of works it out. And I think I, I think that's kind of the issue. And they don't really, they're not like super tight, but they have like this understanding amongst each other throughout the rest of the show. I think it's more that than them being like super chummy. Yeah, I, well, I think it is because this is the one of the first interactions they have. And then whenever they're buddy-buddy, there is another major thing that I'm sure we're, we're going to talk about like towards the end that happens that I think that's the reason why they become a lot closer um, is because of that event at the end. But True, yeah. I, I, I think this is just because they're not super familiar with each other. Yeah, because you got to remember, too, All Might works very much in the spotlight where Izawa, like Izawa and All Might are as opposite as Bakugo and Izuku. Like, one works, like, super in the in the open. You know, everybody knows who he is. He's the symbol of peace, everything like that. And literally nobody knows anything about Izawa. Like, nobody knows anything about him because he doesn't want the publicity. He doesn't like the publicity, yeah. you know, and it just doesn't work to his advantage either because of his quirk, right? It, it just felt to me like they were setting up a rivalry, and that is not what comes out of that relationship in the end. So it just seemed kind of weird that even after everything went right for Deku, they still had that shot of All Might saying, we're going to have a problem here. Yeah, and I th- like It just seemed like it wasn't necessary anymore that they could have let that out and just had their relationship grow over time. Like It was already apparent how ops they were and how they felt about each other, but him going kind of making it seem like this is going to be a rivalry and it never comes out of that is just kind of what my problem was with that. It's not a big problem, mm-hmm. but it just seemed to be a bigger deal than they... I, yeah, It seemed like it was going to be a bigger yeah, deal. Yeah, I think this just really builds to like Dylan's point where... At the end of this season, there's, you know, there's that big ass event that really, I think, really squashes that rivalry really, really fast. Right. So I think that's why we don't see it. Now, that being said, going back to like the the, the, the pair battles and stuff like that, um, I'm pretty sure now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I'm a little rusty on the on these episodes and everything like that. But Deku straight up says Detroit smash. When he does, nope, the, he just yells "smash." He yell, okay, so he still yells "smash." So I'm kind he of always yells "smash." I'm just, yeah, I'm just kind like of curious the, why Bakugo didn't pick that up because it is it, like Bakugo is like like he wants to be better than All Might, so he knows All Might, right? Like, they, and they touch on that very early. They touch, they establish that that he wants. Like, I think it's like episode one. They literally like Bakugo says, "I'm going to be a more powerful hero than All Might." It kind of, like I don't know like I don't Baku's not Bakugo's not dumb. You find out he's very much not dumb in these fight scenes too because he adapts really really quick. He gets tripped up once by Deku and then immediately changes his adapt. He's doing like high like like the teachers build on this too where he's doing these high level like acrobatics mid air and he's very like you can tell it's very well thought out and stuff like that. But why didn't the guy recognize that? Izuku is saying the same shit that All Might says when he doesn't move. I don't like that because. Go on. Well, even if he did it, I mean, even if he did say it, I don't think it matters. I think we can just attribute it to 
it was probably in his head and not actually him screaming it or if he did he's like like super like high up in the air or something doing these kind of things like i i I would just assume that he's not literally saying them because like that is a little weird if like he's just screaming like like, and that's my big that's my big thing he is but it's it's not a it's not a hidden thing that he's obsessed with all might true at this point no one else in the world knows that quirks can be handed down from one thing to another so it's not like it's a common thing like oh it's super common for jim to give bill his quirk but so no one's going to put together that all might gave his uh his power to an all might super fan like it's not a thing that's a commonplace thing yes no but like i mean izuku literally gives it away in episode eight like he literally tells Deku he's like or he tells Bakugo he's like I got this power from somebody and like I mean and now I mean now maybe Bakugo was brooding so much that he didn't make the connection because you you see a totally different Bakugo at the end of episode eight like he is pissed off he's determined he's not rambunctious he's not over the top he's just like you can tell he's like pinpoint furious right so I mean like maybe that's why but I mean like, like yeah. Zuko kind of hands it to him you know what I mean like suspend your disbelief a little bit I guess so okay yeah I, I really like that scene, though, at the end. Um, and I, I guess a common theme uh, for this podcast is going to be me absolutely riding Bakugo every single episode. I like him a lot. I think he's, like, one of the best characters because he's the most complex character. Because, like, you know Midoriya's deal. You know he wants to be the best. And, like, you know he's, like, a really nice guy. But Bakugo is a jerk. He's kind of a dick. But you know what? There's stuff underneath. And he's the first character to get any uh, growth. And that's in that at the end of episode eight. That's true. That's also true. And like my initial impression at this point, I'm like, man, Bakugo's like, that guy's kind of a kind of an evil dude, right? Like, is he is he going to go the villain route? You know what I mean? Because he's so freaking powerful. You know what I mean? But like, you know, they, they eventually start to flush it out and stuff like that. But my initial impression going to the show, even after like the first like the first four episodes, I'm like, Man, Bakugo's kind of a, like an evil dude, man. Like, you know, you, you start to worry, like, are they going to be like, you know, you kind of like they they, hand, they also hand it to you that Deku plans on being the most powerful hero in like where he becomes the most powerful hero, you know, in the in the world. Right. And then you have Bakugo. I'm like, is this are they going to be like the new like All Might and his nemesis? You know what I mean? Like, are they going to do it like that? But, you know, that's, that's a bit of a tangent. Yeah. And I guess I mean. We are introduced to several other quirks here. I mean, we do see Todoroki's unbelievable ice power. Yeah. Um, we are introduced to that. We are introduced to... Um, you're, you're introduced to almost almost everybody. Yeah. Well, we, we, get, we get a couple of highlights on it. Obviously, we're introduced to um, Hagakure's invisibility, which is always kind of a running joke going on throughout it. Um, you get to see Shoji. Yeah. You get to see Shoji, who's paired with Todoroki. He basically scouts him out for him, and then Todoroki's like, "I don't, I don't, I don't need this," and he just like blasts the whole place with ice. Right? Uh, Shoji is also my like from that scene alone, immediate favorite. His aesthetic, his sp- his power. Shoji's my he's been my all time favorite since the show started. But uh, yeah, no. But you also get to see. Uh, oh my god, the electricity dude, Jesus. Kaminari. Kaminari. You get to see Kaminari and how powerful he can be. Um. Like you, you do get a, you get an exposure to some like when you think it initially you're like man these guys are really like overpowered like these guys are crazy right so it's a, they give you just enough to kind of like sink your teeth into but like you don't you don't get the full the full deal yeah and and it's I mean I don't know if we want to necessarily go into every single person's quirk we'll, here we'll, we'll be going into it I, later like 
Yeah, I, I think we'll touch on it here and there and kind of when a big thing happens around them, we kind of go through it. But I mean, there's there's 20 of them and ideally the people are watching along with this are watching the season and kind of watching it either during or after the show. So you can kind of pick up on it there through. But spending a lot of time going over each and every person's quirk is a lot of time in an already longer episode here. So I, I think it's just really getting to the point that we're getting introduced to quirks, seeing again how a lot of them are overpowered, how some people are naturally just have much stronger quirks. Todoroki very much very quickly sets up that his power is unbelievable compared to a lot of other people. Well, some other people just have more normal powers um, or kind of more unique powers that are very much more niche. Um, we can't jump into the last five episodes now if we want unless you guys have specific talking points because we can always talk about the whole season as a whole after we get through this last thing so we don't have to kind of hold back on certain things if you want to jump to these last two five episodes or you want to talk a little bit more about these four the one thing i just want to add is that we do see we do find out with the first um hero that gets through on recommendation which is todoroki which kind of like i think i think as a viewer it kind of gives you that like power level and like where rosa gets through it as well Hmm? Yeah, yo, yo, uh, yeah, yeah, Rosa, Rosa does as well. Yeah, through. but Todoroki's the first one mentioned, and then you immediately get his giant ice blast, right? So I think, to me as a viewer initially, I'm like, okay, that sets like where the power scale is, right? And like somebody who's given on recommendation has this awesome power already. You're, you know, what they're kind of capable of, right? Yeah. Okay, so let's jump into these final five episodes, the USJ arc of season one. Um, so episode nine is going to be, yeah, just do your best, Ida. Um, so. One of the first things they have to decide for class 1A is who is going to be the class rep. Um, they do a voting style, and it's very important whoever gets this because they're more likely to be scouted by pro agencies. And it's just kind of a very big thing, especially coming out of UA, whoever gets this award. So they all vote on it, and Azuku Deku ends up winning with it with three votes, everyone else having one, a couple people having zero. Um, and then... He was very much freaking out about that. And then it happens that um, the shows at the beginning of the episode, a bunch of press trying to get into UA, trying to get interviews and all that kind of stuff, and they're not able to get in, shows a super high uh, defense that UA has. Then suddenly, um, while they're eating lunch, it happens where... There is a break-in into UA. This fairly rarely happens. Everyone starts freaking out. It ends up only being the media, but all these students are freaking out. No one is able to figure it out. Ida, along with Oraka's power, helps calm everyone down, and that causes um, Deku to end up giving it over to Ida to be class rep, who ends up taking it very, very, very seriously. Um, with that, after that, you they are then brought on to episode 10 with Encounter with the Unknown. Um, all the students are heading to the USJ. I'm sorry, this happens in the US um the previous episode. Everyone heads to the USJ for rescue training, which is um just a big training facility with a bunch of different environments. But then in episode 10, Encounters with the Unknown, a large group of villains call um the large group of villains ambush the students they get in there they cut off all communications lock them all in and scatter them among the facility um azuku and group um and a couple of other ones it's going to be mineta and sue are both put into the ship area this episode pretty much focuses on them and them escaping from this water area where there's a bunch of water villains and them using their powers together um to escape this ship in the middle of the shipwreck area and get to the middle where they do see Azawa getting the crap beat out of him by a large monster that we know as Nomu, which seems to be unbeatable, have un 
um, incredible strength and is just ultimately crushing Azawa, who is not able to use his power even after crushing a large group of villains. Um, and then also in the scene, there is another group up towards the gate with uh, another one of the pro heroes, 13, who work together to allow Ida to escape to go and get help um, because they cannot communicate with the outside um, in any way. And no one else thought they needed help because this was an ambush, of course. Um, in, episode, in episode 11, game over, um, st- students fight for their life. We kind of see a bunch of the other students of where they're at fighting, trying to survive. Um, and we also see uh, Shigaraki, which is one of the main villains of the uh, League of Villains. Um, and he is just kind of waiting for All Might. Their whole goal coming here with Nomu was to kill All Might. And he's getting more and more pissed and kind of throwing a childlike rampage that All Might is not showing up. So as they are about to leave, because it just seems that All Might is not going to show up, even though he's supposed to be there, he decides that he's going to kill Izuku and the other groups, Mineta and um, Sue from the shipwreck who are sitting there watching um, just to kind of hurt All Might before he leaves. As they go up there, Deku successfully uses his smash for the first time without breaking his arm because it was a life or death situation because Shigaraki was about to kill Sue, but Nomu stops him and we find out that an All Might smash does not do anything to Nomu. And in that exact moment, All Might does show up to save the day. In episode 12, just titled All Might, it is an epic battle pretty much the entire 20 minutes between Nomu and All Might, um, with a little bit of assistance from some of the show, um, other students and villains, but ultimately it's between these two, showing that Nomu was made to fight All Might. He has um, absorption quirks, he has super strength, he has super speed, pretty much everything that All Might has but meant to be a little stronger, and showing that even with all of his punches, he's not able to do anything right away and it's just kind of an epic battle going back and forth between these two godlike creatures in episode 13 in each of our hearts all might has very little energy left but does use an incredible amount of punches i think it was like 300 and something of his full power punches to send nomu flying through this roof i mean this is a I don't know, 600 pound creature flying at a skyrocketing pace out of here. And this causes Shigaraki um, to try and escape or decide to attack or anything like that. They're not sure what they're going to do. And it is clear that All Might is about to lose his power. The smoke starts to go. And it's clear that any second now, All Might is going to lose his power and go into a smaller form. And as they're about to attack All Might, Deku comes in to distract them just long enough to allow the other pro heroes to show up. The other pro heroes come, clean up all the villains. Shigaraki gets shot a couple of times, and the Warp Gate villain, which I can't remember right now, um, escapes with Shigaraki, and pretty much just those two um, get back and go back to show where he's in um, extreme pain, and he goes with the, and he um, talks to the person that he calls Master. We do not learn anything more about Master in Season 1, but it is clear that Shigaraki, the main villain, is reporting to someone even higher. And back on the hero side of everything, All Might's um, weak form is not shown off to other students, thanks to the help of other pro heroes. Deku is um, still alive. Everyone is fine. Azawa goes back and needs extreme recovery. And All Might and Deku end up having a conversation back, um, with, um, back in the nurse's office. And that's kind of where the season wraps up there um, with the police starting to get into it, trying to figure out more about what happened with this League of Villains and kind of the overarching um, fear of this League of Villains getting bigger is how season one ends.
again, very rushed, trying to get through season one so we can talk about it and hitting some of the bigger points. Obviously, there were smaller groups fighting that we could dive into if you guys want, but those were kind of the biggest points I wanted to hit on for the last couple episodes of season one. Yeah, so I really like these episodes because it introduces the villains, obviously, um, but we get to see uh, Shigaraki. I love him so much. I think he's such a cool villain because he's the embodiment of like an edgelord villain. It's so cool. Like even like even like his like villain outfit has just like hands like has that like like evil like anime hand over the uh, the face kind of deal. Um, But it turns out he's like actually super scary. I mean, like his quirk is just like dissolving people like that's horrifying yeah yeah like i think i think the quirk's actually called decay which is like pretty which yeah i mean you see what it does to aizawa's arm right and you're like holy crap he's gonna kill this guy right like (laughs) that's kind of uh that's kind of how you're introduced to shigaraki and you're like holy crap man this guy's this guy's the real deal yeah i i mean we we learned about his quirk his disintegration uh dis yeah i I I think it's the k yeah thank you um, so much because when he goes to touch Asawa's arm, just the skin and everything starts turning into like a stone-like and it's just falling apart. It is such a creepy quirk and such a good villain quirk too. I just love that, that if he touches you, you're pretty much dead. Um, and I think that and the whole no moosh, um, just kind of saying that. So not only do these some of these guys have really good perks, but also they're able to make something that is more or less kind of a copy of All Might. And it has just listens to whatever they say, something that's really fearful. And again, it goes to show that we already know All Might is much weaker than he appears. But now they can make something that's supposed to be able to take All Might on at full strength, which he no longer is. Makes this a really credible villain threat right away. Because they're not just here to come in and hurt the students. Like They came in with the plan to kill All Might, and it almost seemed as if they had what they needed to be able to do it. And that they just barely got away, and they're lucky to survive this time which is something that they did a good job with, again, an unkillable god to what everyone else sees. Another cool thing is, too, is that, like, this is the first time they touch on the idea of multiple quirks, multiple quirks in one thing, right? Because they're like, why, like, I think I think it was all my dialogue. It was trying to understand how this thing has, like, more than one quirk. And, like, I think even Shigaraki, like, kind of boasts about it, like, you know, as a villain would, you know what I mean? And, like, they're trying to figure out, like, why it has more than one quirk, all that good stuff. Um, but, yeah, it sets up a really good fight, some killer, killer animation. I'm a, I'm a huge stickler for, like, animation in, in shows and stuff like that. And if your fight scenes aren't top-notch, they usually, like, it usually doesn't keep me around, but holy crap, did this ever deliver. The fight between All Might and the Nomu, especially when they're just squaring off and, like, trading blows, and then All Might eventually gets pissed off and starts like you know he does like the 300 whatever round punches and just destroys things does like he gets a nice little team rocket like uh like you know blasting off thing nice little nice little you know homage but yeah that really like i was like okay okay i can stick around for this this is great i think that whole fight is super cool because he shows up and immediately i think the last scene of the 12th episode is like that super hd it's like shaded uh yeah like just like profile of him and he's like not smiling he's yeah he's, like, he's not smiling either that's so good oh my god like just seeing that right at the end of the episode it's like whoa like it's gonna go absolutely down next episode and it gets you super hyped i, I love that I, I i just i love like like you were saying like i love the animation of this especially some of those stills that they do oh it's so good yeah 
Yeah, it's actually the end of episode 11 where he shows yeah, up yeah, and he's yeah. pissed off. And 12 is like the bulk of the fight and everything like that. But yeah, no, it really like, I mean, it illustrates the gravity and how how much it's affecting All Might too, and like his personality toward like, you know, how he feels about it. Because again, yeah, he's like, he's supposed to be always smiling and this He's just not, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's just he's just pissed, right? But, yeah, no, and you, you you do get to see other people's quirks and stuff like that. Like, I mean, they do showcase uh, Yazirozu a fair bit and Jiro. And then... Uh, Kaminari. Kaminari, well. yeah. He's in that group yeah, as well. Yeah, those, those three got really showcased really good. Um, and then another big thing, too, is you get to see the biggest bromance start, start like, form from this episode as well. Between Bakugo and, oh, my God, what is his name? The Rock Dude. Um, Kirishima. Yeah, Kirishima. So, Kaminari and Kimishiro are the, pretty much the, that kind of trio. That's the there. trio, yeah. But you only you get you get you, you get the two of them initially, and it's literally just them them two in a building beating the crap out of villains, and they're having a like they're they're enjoying themselves, right? And I think the, this really lays the groundwork for like uh, one of the actual friendships you see develop. They're outside of like Izuku, like like this is a little like side thing that becomes really like Kimamari like ends up being in it later, but these two like that's the first like bonding, which is sick. I loved it. Yeah, I really like the relationship here, too, because it just shows their personalities because um, they're all fighting on their own. And then they show up and they see, like, the main villain. And, like, even, like, um, Aizawa says he's like, oh, it's time to fight the the end boss or whatever. But they show up and they immediately know these dudes are bad. They immediately know that they're super strong. And the first thing they do without even thinking is go and attack them immediately. And it's like, (laughs) hell yeah, that's sick. I, I love these guys. Yeah, it, it definitely shows those that there are other students like Deku, that he's not the only one with that hero mentality because Todoroki comes in as well. After single-handedly, it was what they said, taking out all of the villains in his area, he comes down and helping well, and the group that assists All Might is Deku, Bakugo, Kirishima, and, um, no, yeah, Kir- Kirishima, and, um... Todoroki. Who we just talk? Todoroki, yeah, 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 it's, it's, it's those four, yeah. Yeah, which, which kind of show that... All four of these have that hero mentality that they're here and they're prepared to do whatever it takes to fight and protect the other people, or in more in Bakugo's situation to take down the other yeah, guy to he's, prove he's stronger. He's just looking but to he flex. Yeah. He, he's not afraid. He's that these four are not afraid, and they are clearly going to be frontliners when it comes to being heroes and main characters out of the class that some get less time but these four are major players in the class another big thing too is we actually get to see Aizawa's fighting style which I think is really you get to see his quirk you get to see how he how good he is with the ropes and stuff or like the bandages and stuff and you get to see him just literally just take on like a ton of people like he eventually gets overwhelmed and like they even address like that's not his ideal environment but the dude kicks some serious ass while he's like up and going right you get to see his like how his quirk works and how he like takes stuff away from people and like yeah like it was wicked right and like this is the event too that me and me and dylan kind of talked about earlier that really just i think really rectifies all might and azawa like where there was initially going to be this rivalry and then azawa like basically held out until all might showed up and then all might is like all right well i see what happened to azawa and 13 13 got really screwed up this like i like i thought all 13 was dead by the end of this because i was like i thought so too 13's in a space suit and like the back half is missing you don't see anything inside like how does this work and so i I was like 13's wrote off but they're like no no she's she's gonna make it and i was like okay cool okay that makes i guess that makes sense i'm just gonna roll with it yeah i i think this it does just this is just such a great way to wrap up the season because, like Dylan says, they do such a good job of making you want more. You've now been introduced to the whole class. You know the quirks. You're starting to pick up on the personalities and dynamics. You're starting to see that 
there is a real threat to All Might. Deku is starting to show progress in controlling his quirk and actually kind of being that hero that everyone, that he kind of wants to be. And then it all cuts off. Like there's just this arch that there's an even bigger enemy than Shigaraki who already seems dangerous. All Might is getting weaker. It's just such a perfect setup for season two. And I'm so happy with how they end it. And it's just such a good cliffhanger. And I remember the, I'm so glad I got in at season two, because if I would have had to wait for more after this, I would have gone crazy, just like I have been waiting for season four. But it's just such a good cliffhanger and such a short season that it makes you want more right now. And that's why I'm so happy they moved over to 25 episode seasons after this one, because it allows you to get more arcs. So this was such a great first arc, but to have another one right after that would have been so nice back then. But I just, it's a great way to end a really good, solid first season of a show that builds the world and makes you want more off the little information you have and seeing where it could go. Yeah, nice thing was too, you get to see the, like, another, like, big thing that intrigued me at the end of this too is, is like, when all the other pro heroes showed up and they just look, like, some of them look really badass and you're just like, okay, what, like, we know what All Might does, what do these guys do? And then the, the you know, the cowboy looking dude, like, literally just, like, takes out, like, every one of them, like, immediately, right? Oh, okay. Okay, all right. These like you know these guys aren't slouches either. You know what I mean? So yeah, it really yeah it like really like there was so many avenues that they really grip you into like wanting to come back for another season. Yeah, they also introduced one of my favorite characters, Nezu, the principal. I love him so <laughs> oh, much. Yes. I'm a, I'm a huge sucker for all the quirks that do things like that. Of where it's like oh it's it's like an animal. Or they show, I think it's in the last episode, one of the police officers, it just has like a cat head. Yeah. Yeah, there's just, just, I'm yeah, a big sucker for those. Just, I, I do love that too. And he does have an actual quirk. He does. We don't learn about that till later. Yeah, but, but, it, but, it, but it has just made him an animal. Like, yeah. <laughs> is he a cat? Is yeah. he a mouse? Like, what, what is this and, guy? I mean, no, that's his he, introduction no, too. He was an actual animal. Yeah. He is an animal that was experimented no, 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 but, on no, but, by humans. Yeah, I know, but we don't know that though, because he he yeah. he literally yeah. says, "Am I a cat? Am I a mouse?" Like, like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and then also, he has the ominous scar too, yeah. which is like because he's like so small and cute, but then he has just a scar, and you're like, "What? <laughs> what is this guy seeing? Yeah. What has he been through?" Yeah. But yeah. Oh, and I guess something um, we haven't mentioned up to this point, I forgot in my kind of recaps, is that all of the teachers and staff at UA do know about All Might's situation. So right now, the UA staff, um, he said one friend, which we are introduced to at the end of season one, which is a cop in the Tokyo uh, police force. He has no quirk or anything like that. They just have a good relationship there. He's one of the other people that know. Yeah, a, and then, of course, Deku knows. Yeah, he's a detective. So, that's his, that's, yeah. A detective, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and it's nice too because you get to see like the they don't totally dismiss the idea of a police force you know what I mean like in a place of like yeah. you know like you know heroes and villains and stuff like that we're like well you still need the police right so yeah and that's another thing that I really appreciate getting ahead of ourselves in season two they do a much better job of explaining the whole dynamic and why everything's so important in the law and that it's not just a lawless wasteland anymore. So that's another thing that I'm really looking forward to for season two. I know we're kind of looking forward to season two with a lot of things we're talking about now too, but that is a little tease for you to come back for next week because there is so many good things that really focus on the like um, world building in season two even more because now that we know the characters were introduced to the quirks, we start building out the characters and building out the world, which I think... Season two is probably my favorite of the three. Mm. See, I don't know. I think season three is kind of grip me. I think season three is the big one for me, but that's just because yeah. it has more focus on minor characters. 
And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. But is there anything more? I guess I was bringing up season two and three. So I, I'm not meaning to cut you off. But is there anything left on season one we want to talk about before we move into our additional notes? Before? Okay. Um, this is kind of be anything wrap up. We can talk about it more afterwards. Yeah. But I know we yeah, have two talking I, points in additional yeah, notes. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about uh, the last couple episodes. What I thought was really cool is they did give most of the, the, class, uh, the classmates time to shine. And you saw most of them take on a ton of villains like obviously there was like a disgusting amount of villains that came out and they, they couldn't deal with them all but you did see like small groups just deal with a whole bunch of them which i think was really good to show their power level of like yeah this is class 1a they're all really good and yeah. really strong and like compared to like just like your normal street villain that they just picked up like they they're good yeah yeah it really it really gives you an idea for where they stand even as just like like you know entry-level high schoolers right like it, it gives you that idea right there is there is some heroes that don't get any screen time that you like you're left like wondering that you don't actually find out until like season two for for, yeah. for a good portion of them um which kind of I, is going to go into our like additional notes but i mean like yeah like i think i think they just did a really good job like like oh, season one i don't know man like season one was borderline perfection because it really it's a classic it literally grips you in like Perfectly, it really sucks you in. Everybody, the pacing on it is perfect. The yeah. characters are perfect. The plot is perfect. It is a no matter what you think about the rest of the show. Season one of My Hero Academia is a classic anime season that I would recommend anyone watches, whether you are a fan of superheroes or not. It is just a perfection of a single season. If it ended there, like it is good. And I think that's why they structured it the way they did. Like if it didn't get gripped for another season, like you could almost wrap this up in a nice little bow, but like still leave tons of question marks to get people back in. And, you know, of course they didn't have to do that because the show is so well done. Um, but I'm nice. I uh, like, you know, I'm happy that they, um, you know, they only did the 13 seasons. You didn't get like, they didn't, they were like, okay, we're gonna put this out. We're going to see if people like it. And then everybody loved it. So, yeah. Anything else? We want to jump into additional notes for today. I think that's a pretty good recap and opinions on all of season one. Yeah, I know. I, I really, like, I've been really excited to talk about the additional notes for this, um, especially the first point, because it's just like there's so many. There's a lot of questions around this. So, again, just want to explain, since this is the first episode, how additional notes is going to work. Is there pretty much just other talking points we want to bring up that might not be related to the plot, story, the characters, things that would naturally kind of come up during the discussion, but we feel like they'd be fun to kind of come back and talk about. And my first one wants to be, why is Kira, um, why is Mineta and Hagakure in class 1A and how did they get past the entry exam where they had to destroy robots? There's neither one of them were in on recommendation. They had to destroy robots to get rescue points to get in here and we had no screen time. I just watched it to make sure where we actually see them in the physical exam. We know that Mineta's kind of smart, but and Hagakure is stupid. So again, we're not really getting the answers of how these two got in. Well, I think that's pretty easy for Mineta. I think I think the the simple answer is he threw one of his balls and the robot like put one foot on it and then moved the other one and went to move again and just tripped and fell. I think I think that's probably just a super easy explanation for that. And so I I I I'm I'm just going to assume something like that happened. Um but for Hagakure, I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm because her, yeah, go on. Jay. No, I was just gonna say like her quirk's invisibility, and that is it. There's nothing associated with that. Like you don't 
you don't find out until later that she can use like she's good at like misdirection and stuff like that but I mean like that did not help at all now I would like to know if she got in on rescue points where she is invisible and stuff like that I, I like I know there's a still that you can actually see their point scoring and stuff like that but I don't know where she stood and stuff like that and I like I think it's all in I think it's all in Japanese characters anyway so I don't know no. So I don't think so. So they do have it um, kind of translated a little bit. Uh, so they have it in characters, um, but especially for like anime like this, that's, you know, younger kids are going to watch it. They'll put it in the, the hiragana and stuff and right above it. So like like I was like read through it. I don't think they're on the scoreboard. They're not on they're, the scoreboard. They're, they're not. not on the scoreboard. Um, it's never touched on how they get So is she, but she, is she one that's recommendation though? Because we know there was four by recommendation. They say that. Yazarozo, Yazarozi is one. Or, yeah. Uh, Todoroki is another one. And there's two more. We don't know who the other two are. At least at the end of season one, I don't know, remember if it gets touched on further. Because there is another hero in Class 1A that I don't know how the hell he got through it either. But you don't find out his quirk until later. And it's Buddy who whispers to insects. He can talk to insects. Because depending on his setting, where these were all controlled areas, that quirk's kind of useless, you know what I mean? I can't remember his, I can't remember his name for the life of me. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wait, for who? Um, Coda? Coda, yeah, Coda, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, like again, um, like unfortunately, you don't get any character development of Coda in season one. You don't get, you don't find no, anything out about him. I don't think his name's even set in season. It isn't. It isn't said at all. He doesn't talk till season two. At the end of season two is the first time he talks. Yeah, exactly. Right. So you don't know anything about Coda. Um, once you find out about Coda, like I mean, I think that like again, it's already like an afterthought of like, how he got in. So it depend. I know they all got split up into different areas. So maybe that one just was given to Coda that he could use his powers. But like Hagakure, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I would. So doing some some detective work here, doing the research, getting the information, doing some Google Googling, searches, Googling around, <laughs> I found that I was wrong. So the robots did not have to be destroyed. They had to be disabled in the entrance exam. So she just snuck inside them. That's all she did. So she turned them off. Yeah. So I think what they said is, if I remember correctly, someone saying this, there was a way to turn off the robots and she would be invisible and turn off the robots and get the point that way. And um, Mineta could just stick them and... Yeah, there you go. So I, I don't love that answer. I mean... It gives us, gives I, us I, something, I, though. You know what I mean? Yes, and I, and I definitely... Mineta is definitely a comedic relief and I think that's why he's in class 1A because he's just the class clown kind of that no one like no one takes seriously but his quirk's not a class 1 quirk no his class I'd say, point I, I, I don't would say he's like I mean he showcases it pretty well at the end of season 1 like I mean he literally just sticks like 50 villains to each other because and they can't do anything and then they get drowned you know what I mean like so like I think I think Mineta's power is 100% a class 1A quirk <laughs> Yes, but then you go and look at going ahead. We have I can't remember what her name is from Class One B, um, um, Ibra uh, Shiozaki, the one with the vine hair. Are you telling me that's a Class Two B? I mean One B, but Mineta is a Class One A. Well, it's not just about how strong it is, but it's also on how you use it. Because I mean, like maybe she didn't know how to use it super weller. 
you know? Like maybe he, he doesn't either. No, you don't he know that. He had to get though. so much help from No, we saw that in the USJ app where he was scared. He's clearly not has doesn't have that hero vibe and he didn't know what to do it. He was throwing the balls in there out of fear. He doesn't know how to use his quirks smartly yet. Yeah, and maybe he did that during the entrance exams and then he just stuck a whole bunch and they just fell and blew up. Yeah, I'm just saying probably, that like, if we look probably, at class B there are so many better quirks in Class B that should have replaced him in a heartbeat. Yeah, but they didn't. They didn't. We didn't. Because he's and we, sick. Again, and we also don't know who got in a recommendation. He might have been the other one, too. Right? We, he wasn't. Do we know who the four are? Do we know who all four of them are? Because all, all I can think of is two. Because one is, you know, Todoroki. We know this. We know, like, And we know Yazorozu. We know those two. We don't know anybody else. I really like Yazorozu's uh, quirk too. I think it's like super cool on how like she could just make things. Well, she needs, but she needs to understand how it's like how it's constructed though, right? Yeah, which, which makes it even cooler though too, because it's like the other two are in class one B, and then there was oh um, your shot, um, your uh, she, the wind guy from season. Oh, Anasa, three. yeah, I dude, I love Anasa. He's great. Yeah. So and then so the other two were. Jozu Honaguki, which was like the guy that looks kind of like a ghost face where he doesn't have a mouth. He just has all the teeth. Um, and then the other one is a girl that I've never really seen get any showcase um, is known as Lizardly. So she kind of has lizard like powers that we've not really seen at all during the anime. So those are the other two that actually went to UA off of recommendation. OK, so. I, I have a feeling that Minata just freaked the hell out. But you gotta think too, like the vines, like they, they did work, yeah, but they weren't like they they didn't like take some like I mean like his balls just stuck to people and they don't come off. Her But I mean she but she beat someone in class one A. Yeah, a bunch of them got beat by class B. Like you know it, No they didn't only only her. She was the only one. Well one of them one of them like I mean one, In the one on ones. In the one okay, now we're we're jumping ahead a bit, but we'll also one of them got beat by a support hero too. So I mean, like you can't you can't really take that for full credit, right? I'm just saying, I don't think Mineta belongs in Class One A. I'm not a huge fan of him. He has some good comic relief points, but I am not a fan of his character or his power. Even though Great Brush is a great superhero name. Yeah, and well, he when he actually comes up with like his own personalized like move when it's him and the tape dude um fighting against midnight like i mean you, you you can tell the dude's not dumb like the dude is like i mean he no he well, he plays top 10 in the class in the midterms yeah exactly which we learn about later but he is intelligent yeah exactly right so you know like he's he you know the, he has some worth i th- i think minata deserves to be there i didn't argue that some don't deserve to be there but i don't think minata's one of them yeah all right um let's move on to dylan's sick fits sick fits one thing i really like about anime is some of the sick fits you know there's so many really good ones um i was always a really big fan of like 90s anime some of the outfits that they had because they're just so awesome i love them and i love the aesthetic of them and normally in anime everyone's always wearing the same thing you know everyone always has like you know their their outfit and it's always the same outfit they always wear and stuff and it's boring as hell but I think it's episode five, Midoriya. Damn, dude, absolutely dripping. I love it. <laughs> absolutely dripping. So I think the reason why they did this it was it was just because he was just about to to go to school, and they want to show that it's like, hey, it's the fall time. He has like uh, he has like some jeans or some khakis on. Oh, so like it, right before he falls, is this the outfit? Uh, no, 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 not when he's going into school. 
No, this is not when okay. he's going to school. He's on the beach um, with All Might. Uh, after they clean it up, like, so after that whole scene, they're just there. It's the same scene that he's like, oh, hey, All Might. And he's, like, really small. And the people, like, turn and look. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> so he's there. He has some khakis on. He has a hoodie. And he has a vest. And it's sick. It's Looking like so Brock. cool. <laughs> yeah, like Brock, except awesome. <laughs> It's just a really good outfit. I think it's cool. And I like when, you know, anime does that. I I think you see it the most in movies nowadays um, because it, you know, everything's a lot more HD. They really put a lot of detail into what people are wearing, especially slice slice of lice and all that. Um, So it's a rare look and I think it's cool and I like it. And I'm going to talk about it more if we see it. Well, it's nice, too, because you like I mean, I I think it's a budget thing, too. It's easier to draw the same thing like over and over and over again, like or like, you know, you can literally copy paste some of the characters, right? So, I mean, like, I think that's definitely why. But, yeah, like, it's nice. And, like, I, I like seeing All Might in casual wear, too. Like, I mean, he like that trench coat. The trench coat was a good look. Big fan. Big into that. Okay, this is now turning into a fashion anime podcast. That being said, though, there is, like, I want to I want I want to counterpoint to this to not sick fits. I want to, like, because some of, the, some of our boys look a little dumb. And let me tell you, early Todoroki, I hate what he's got going on. Oh my god, the half ice? Yeah, so... so what the hell is that? So we know... Thank we, god they get rid of that. We, but there's a reason why they get rid of it, and there's a reason why he has it. So if you notice, the side that he's covering with ice is his fire side. Yes, I know that. Yeah, and he's doing it because, of course, he hates Endeavor, right? But... You don't know that. You, but a human body can't support that. He can because it's his ice. He made it. No, we no future spoilers. We know we can't. We know we can't. We know we can't exasperate a shit ton. Like we, we know we can't use that power in excess. But maintaining it isn't like I, I'm assuming is pretty low low factor for him. But like you don't get to see that until way later, and he's doing some nuts stuff to like you know actually start getting that like that like you know the frostbite on him right. Like it's a pretty low maintenance thing for him, but like it has its point. It has its it has its like reason why it's there. It just looks dumb as hell. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it either. I don't either. But that being said, though, my like, boy, I forgot about that until I went back and rewatched it. I forgot about that phase. I'm so happy that I was gone quickly. My boy showed you though, balling out, dude. Love the uh, love the ninja mask. Big fan. Nobody knows what's under there, which I love. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Cause it ain't his mouth. Cause his mouth is on his arms. <laughs> Deku V1 is also kind of dumb. I, I get it's the All Might ripoff, but... Well, they, made, they, they, they crack jokes at it, right? Like, you know, I think it's, <laughs> yeah. it's just like the one episode of where he has that mask thing on. I think that's... It's the a hoodie. Yeah, the, the hoodie. hoodie stays on there forever. He just doesn't put it up anymore. Well, yeah, I was going to say, they, he never puts it up ever again. And I think, Thank obviously, God. it's just because you want to see the main character's face because it's yeah. iconic. Because he's not only... He also has, like, the face mask, too. It's all teeth. Face mask is cool. I like the face yeah, mask. Yeah, because it's all teeth because it's supposed to be him smiling, right? Like, it's supposed to be that, right? So, it's a nice, like, I mean, it's a cute little homage. It's a very, like, it's very homemade-esque, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, it, it reminds us of how big of an All Might fan that he is and that it really was a ripoff of All Might because that is all he could think of growing up. Yeah, that being said, though, Bakugo's hero outfit is lit. Like, it is. So creative, too. It, like, I, well, it's just, like, it's ridiculous. He's got grenades on his hands. Like, it, it's so, it's so dope looking. I actually don't but like how it. how that's a hero, but how that's a hero costume, you know, I'll never you know, understand. That is the most intimidating costume ever. I actually like don't it, like it that much. I So, uh, one thing I don't like, um, and this goes into, like, just other anime and just, like, it just aesthetics in general. I don't like bulky things. 
And so I really don't like the big grenade like uh like forearm things he has. It's just like too it's just like too bulky for me. Well they're like literally weapons too, <laughs> no, right? No, no, <laughs> I understand I understand what they do, but like it's just a spark. That's all it really is, because like Well no, it's it, he's no, the spark. It stores. It, it's, it stores the liquid. It stores his sweat, yeah. Well it doesn't have to be that big. I mean he's not storing that much well, sweat. The- well, he can. He can store it up and fill that thing up and shoot that thing off. Because he says the more it fills up, the stronger it is. Yeah. Well, maybe put it somewhere else. Put it on his back or something, oh, like a backpack. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, you want to try and grenade like a Ninja Turtle backpack? No, that looked dumb. <laughs> looked like a I think it's dumb as it is. It looks like a grenade, man. It looks cool. It's got the yeah, pins and everything. I don't know. I think I, Super Explosion Man. Super Explosion <laughs> Death Man or whatever. We'll get into that later. Oh, my God. But no, I think, I think Todoroki is looking real dumb. Bucko's looking all right. Minato's looking like an idiot, but uh, yeah, but he's supposed yeah. to. He's supposed That's to. Minato. Little great yeah. boy. Little great boy. Him. Young great brush. All right. Anything else we got for additional notes, or do we want to crown this episode's plus ultra recipients? Yeah, let's go. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's do all three of yours at a time. You can explain as little or as much as you want. I think this first season will be a little bit more straightforward versus when we go farther on, especially episodes that could change dramatically. But let's hear Dylan's top three plus ultra awards. This is in no special order. Yeah, Just it is. these three people. Yeah, it is. Is it be in order for me? Um, I think Mineta, obviously, uh, because he got in somehow, and I think that's totally deserving, because uh, he got in, and he... You are d- insulting this award. Um, <laughs> number two, All Might, obviously, because he's badass, and especially the last, like, three episodes where he just goes, like, insane, and we get to see him, like, really fight. Obviously, he's going, uh, he's going 100% there, and I love it. And then, Plus Ultra, number one, my favorite, Deku's mom. I hate you. I don't agree with that at all. It, I no, it is. Okay, you know why? Because she loves him dearly. She she's loves a him parent. through thick and thin. She's a single mother. She's not. They, well, she his dad's not around, so she might as well be a single mother. They address that in the manga. They address yeah, why we're and you dad. know what? He's not around. So he travels. He travels. She's, do, she's doing her best, and I think she deserves this award. But she, like, he literally says, is like, like he he shit talks his mom, like, because. But yeah, but did she go beyond? This is the award about people that went beyond. I the think season. I think Does loving she, parents go beyond each and every day when they oh take care of their my kids. Get off this podcast, Boom. James. I don't want to hear any more from Dylan. James, okay, what are your all right, about? all right. So, well, what are your three? My three, of course. Well, for starting off, number three is Deku. I think I think Izuku gets some wicked character growth. You get you you know you get a guy who literally gets in on you know being like the physical embodiment of a hero. Um, you get uh, my number two is All Might because it's All Might. He gives me one of the favorite my favorite fight scenes from the entire first season, maybe from the entire series. It's definitely in like the top three for my entire series. His initial fight with Nomu is pretty ridiculous. Um, but number one, number one, I'm giving to Bakugo. Because he literally seems like a total villain, and he still gets into UA. He literally could be a villain, but he still gets in by just be- busting scalps. He just busts heads and gets himself in there. We got my three are going to be the same first two as James. So All Might and Deku, both pretty self-explanatory. They're obviously a huge part of this season and this entire show, and they both have great arcs. All Might kind of rediscovering and finding his air of the power. And then Deku going through training, going through and learning to control his power. My third one is I'm actually just changing this on the spot. It's going to be Azawa. 
starts off as kind of a dick, but once we see that he and his intentions are actually really good when it comes to Professor, he's actually a really good homeroom teacher despite kind of being shady and coming off as not caring. He really does, especially in that power. He shows Deku, you can't always just throw yourself away and be useless. That is such a good lesson for him. And then once we get to the USJ, seeing him fighting off hundreds of just enemies at once while protecting all these students and doing everything he can, even though he ultimately loses, it's not his fault. I mean, he used up pretty much his power that is made for a one-on-one combat. He did a great job using that in a large group setting. And after already tired down, he loses to Nomu, who's basically All Might, the number one hero ever. So incredibly overpowered you really show off that despite what you initially think he is going to be such a good hero for this class and that only continues on in their future season so he definitely went plus ultra in season one so nobody settles on anybody we don't we have no consecutive answers <laughs> we have all might all might's the only one that was the same against i guess ultra, so yeah. deku had two dylan thinks deku he's just trying to be a pain in the ass no i said deku's he's- mom <laughs> but you also said Mineta, so it's not a real answer. <laughs> Mineta deserves is- to be there. He deserves because like Dylan's answer for Mineta is almost the same answer for my like for Bakugo. You know what I mean? Bakugo's like a straight up villain, or he perceive is perceived to be in the first season. You know what I mean? He also is one of the most complex characters in the show, which is which exactly. is exactly yeah. Which in it, Mineta is not. Do not do not say Mineta, exactly Mineta as has if you were making the same point for Mineta. Mineta has layers, just not. He's not nearly as complex as Bakugo. No, he's not complex, but he has wonderful taste. <laughs> Thank you all so much for attending the first ever Class 1A session. Next week, we will be covering part one of season two, which is the first 12 episodes, episodes 14 through 25, and that is otherwise going to be known as the Sports Arc Festival. Uh, yeah, and make sure to tell your friends about Class 1A. Uh and make sure to leave a five-star review on any podcasting platform that you use that does have reviews. Um, everybody loves the show, guys. Let everybody know. Let let them listen to us rant about it. So you can rant about it with them, about us. And, you know, Mineta. And make sure you check us out on poppedoff.com and twitter.com slash popped underscore off for all your updates on the podcast and other hype content. We do a whole bunch of stuff. So even if you uh, like stuff other than anime, come check us out there. But that'll be all for this week's class. We hope to see you all back in class next Saturday and every Saturday from here on out. See you guys later. Remember, go plus ultra.